Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no South Good morning, dear listeners. Welcome to Acton Millwall, the number one Millwall podcast. My name is Nick Hart. Joining me in the aftermath of yesterday's um, full-blooded two-all draw at Kenilworth Road is one of the intrepid thousand that travelled up there. Phil Clark, welcome to the show, Phil. Hi, Nick. How are you? Um, Unlike many others online, I mean, you were there. I was watching it via a, a stream. Um... It's one of those results to each, um, I think, because we got in front late via that brilliantly taken a phobie goal. There's a slight sense of um, we've lost something, but we haven't. It was a good draw at a third place outfit that I thought looked, you know, they looked quite quite useful, to be absolutely frank. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those draws that feels like a defeat um, for me. But how did you see it, Phil? You were there in the in the ground yesterday. Yeah, a little bit like that. I think on the on the train up, you know, chatting to people, you know, there was a feeling that if we get a draw out of this and then maybe get a couple of good results in the home games, that will keep us close to things. But I, I don't, I'm not sure we knew what to expect from Millwall after the Stoke performance, which was you know, quite frankly, pretty poor overall, even if there are mitigating circumstances. Um, I think we were unsure as to what kind of mirror we'd see. And the first 20 minutes, you know, we were right at them. And I think all of a sudden everybody was starting to think, OK, we're looking pretty good here. And actually, Luton, we're looking pretty poor, hitting a lot of long balls. You know, we really, I felt we really knocked them out of their stride in that first 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I and agree. Then, yeah. Uh, you know, then we get the long, uh, then we get the first goal, which is a, you know, a really good strike from Bradshaw. But, you know, make no mistake, when you watch it back, it's a long ball from Bart, centre-half, misses it. Jig gets a little tap on it and, you know, the thunders of Bradshaw thunders at home and you start believing yeah. it's possible that, you know, uh, I mean, the fact is, Nick, if we'd have won yesterday, everyone would be saying we're certain for a playoff spot, you know. So <laughs> that's the emotions of where we are in the season, isn't it? Bit of perspective is always useful um, down the den, especially. I agree. Um, I mean, the, the lineup yesterday, listeners, you, you'll know this already by the time you get to hear the show. Bart in goal, back line, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, Dan Bannard, Malone and McNamara on either side of them. Midfield, Billy Mitch and Jules Savile. And a very welcome return for me yesterday for Tom Bradshaw up front uh, alongside a phobie, Bennett a phobie, and, and of course, Jed Wallace. Um, I thought that opening goal was 
everything we've probably missed a lot this season, which was a real opportunistic, opportunistic strike from distance following what was, you're right, it was almost route one. It was almost cold blow lane 1988 again, wasn't it? That that long ball down the middle, tapped on and then, then, then smashed home by a player of talent. I, I closed my eyes and thought of Teddy in that in that moment. Um, nice yeah, nice to take score, a chance. We don't score many from outside the box, do we, to be fair? So, um, you know, no. it's definitely one thing as fans that we miss is having, in this case, it was a striker, but quite often it would have been an Alex Ray or somebody who'd be prepared to take a shot from 25 yards. We just really haven't had anyone that no. wants to take that on, to be honest. No, neither of our midfielders. I mean, I, I love Billy Mitchell and, and I, I've enjoyed um, watching him this season and also George Savile, who's come along uh, as the season's gone along, I think. He's had his moments and... Um, but neither of those are long-range distance shooters. So um, it's just nice to see Tom Bradshaw willing to have a poke, and it, it paid off yesterday. So 1-0 at 25 minutes. I must admit, I was starting to dream of we the Wembley Way at that point. <laughs> yeah. I, I dare say the travelling support did as well. I was looking at a picture earlier on, Phil. It looked pretty tightly packed in that. Um, is that the Oak Road stand, the end of the stadium it, there, I believe? It, it? it is the Oak Road stand, yeah. It was very tightly packed. It was very snug, to say the least. Snug is a good uh, word, yeah. Yeah, and uh, just getting in and out of it, and even at half time going downstairs to the the tiny little uh, metal the facilities down to the, <laughs> down to the toilets was you know it was an absolute nightmare to be honest with you. There's a bit of you that wants to just call it what it is, which is uh, ground that should be destroyed. But there's another part of you that reminisces. This is what football used to be like for those of us that can remember pre nineties football. Yes, it did. Um, I've been to Kenilworth. I haven't been there for a long while. I was due to go yesterday, listeners, but got overtaken by a familial birthday that I'd completely forgotten. So I had to try and do my best to watch it on the iPad. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly an old old style ground. Um, character, I think, is the word they would use in the, the world of estate agency. Um, Indeed, I think. I was just going to say, I mean, that opening spell, I mean, you know, for that 25 minutes, we were literally all over them. Jed, Jed's work rate, I have to point out, I mean, it was across the team, but particularly up front, Jed and Bradshaw were pressing everywhere. Afobi yeah. looked a little bit lethargic, if I'm honest, and that was a theme that sort of carried through the 90-odd minutes. But um, the, the work rate and the pressing, it really unsettled Luton, and they were forced into a lot of you know, long ball football, which, you know, I don't think was what we expected because we've all heard how, how they're playing such lovely football. But um, we just got to this little spell where I can't remember the player, um, might have been Tom Lockyer, I think, who got a head injury and the game stopped for an eternity. Yes, it did, uh, forever. Yeah. While, he, yeah. while he banned him. I mean, they only added five minutes on, but it felt a lot longer. And, you know, I get it's a head injury and the treatment goes on the pitch, but it got to the point where both sides have got our practice balls and we're playing little triangles and diags and you sort of you, you know it's getting to a comedy moment when it's turning into a training session during uh during an injury yeah. delay and then five minutes later it happened again and the ref allowed the treatment to carry on the pitch again and you just you know i thought that was a little bit of a theme from the ref he kind of yeah it, it allowed a few things to happen that you know were a little bit disappointing i thought that was frustrating a lot of fouls that went against us um he didn't give, but a lot of fouls for them he did give. And in fact, I think in the build-up to their first goal, Bradshaw was um, looked like he was fouled just inside their half by the aforementioned bandage player, and um, he didn't give he didn't give anything for that, which then led yeah. to a you know, in fairness, quite a tidy little bit of play from Luton 
Um, there was a nice little back heel in there from Lansbury, which set, I think, Amari Bell away, who played into Adebayo with a 1-2 and uh, and scored. And, and I would say, watching the game, Nick, Adebayo is such a find for them. You know, I think he's got 15 or 16 goals this season. They picked him up. Um, I had a look this morning from Walsall. Um, not a player. This is, I mean, Adebayo's a name everybody knows, but not that Adebayo. Not that um, one, yeah. No, I don't know what they picked him up for, but I mean, he was a real handful for the whole game. All three centre-backs had a go at marking him, and to be honest, none of them really came out with a great deal of credit. Um, he was strong, physical, quick. His work rate was exceptional. He was decent with the ball on the ground, as we saw. Um, you know, credit to Luton for finding a player like that, because to be honest, I think if you put him in our team, that would make a major difference. We'd be a force. Yeah, yeah I make agree. A big, make a big difference. I know that Aaron um, on this show a few times over the season has praised the uh, the recruitment team at Luton, um, which included Mick Harford, who they showed a couple of times on the um, on the stream um, on the sidelines. And I think you're right, Phil. I mean, it's it's going to be an important part of our club if uh, we are to progress. Is finding these finding and promoting these kinds of players because they they clearly are out there. It's just a question of going and going to get them, and they may well be the um, the, the not knowns, the the past overs, and the forgotten's, and all this kind of um, group, but they Luton do seem to be quite adept at finding players like Adebayo. I, I thought that was a really nice move, to be honest, for the goal. I, mean, it was, it was, I, I think um, whatever Mills form, we would have been hard pushed to uh, to stop that move because it was just nightly neatly worked and um, evaded our defence with with some some skill, and it was nice nice finish. You know, um, it was it. it was. I think the. Um... It was very similar when they beat us at our place. Uh, I think uh, that Harry Cornick, whatever his name, he's got two goals. Um, again, when the ball is played with pace on the ground around our defence and around the edge of our box, we really struggle. Uh, yeah. We're obviously very good at the, the aerial balls and the, maybe some of the channel balls, but that little interchange of play, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I've watched it back this morning, just to have a quick look, because it's difficult yeah. in the heat of the moment. You know, I mean, perhaps Billy could have been a lot tighter to Amari Bell, which would have cut that pass out in the first place. I mean, the only reason that move kind of happens is because of the perhaps the foul, then Lansbury with a nice little back heel. But if Billy's tighter to Amari Bell, maybe that, that ball isn't on. And then that creates the one-two. But even once Amari Bell gets the ball, you know, the movement off of the ball was excellent. And it it was like watching a training ground exercise, not just because it was so well practiced, but also because we were like traffic cones. We were just so static. <laughs> you know, they it, once that ball had pinged four or five times, we, we were, you know, it was like rabbits in a headlight. We didn't really know what to do. And I, I'm not sure whether that's a criticism or whether that's the reality of having three big, strong centre-halves who are, you know, eat and drink yeah. aerial balls, and you know we lack that sort of player who can really read the ball on the deck a little bit better, which which is what undid us on that occasion. Yeah, um, not neat move. Hard to hard to say much more about it, other than well done, Luton on that one all at half time, Phil. And um, the second half was a bit more. I wouldn't say it's one way traffic. Because I thought the game was actually full blooded and end to end, really. Um, you know, it was it was an entertaining game if you were a neutral, which obviously I I wasn't. But um, you know, I, I think the commitment shown by by Millwall was everything that um, we were looking for earlier in the season. When you know, and even on 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 odd performances recently, E.G. Stoke, um, we certainly brought everything we could to the game. But I think Luton were also 
searching for those crucial three points. They wanted it as much as we did. So it was certainly made for a full-blooded contest. I mean, Bart made a really good save. I think it's on the highlights reel that I saw on YouTube this morning. I wasn't able to take any notes, listeners, which is my normal style because I was in a birthday party. But, um, yeah, I think there was, a, there was a decent save from a, a Luton break in the second half down the, down the centre, I think. Um, which, again, is one of those Bart um, world-level saves that we just take for granted. He seemed to block a shot that ordinarily would have gone in the net and made it 2-1 to Luton. So, you know, we yeah. we, we did well there to, to keep them at bay, Phil. We did, and I think that, you know, if you look at Luton's record, I think they're very similar to us at home. They've uh, After yesterday, that's 10 wins, 6 draws, 4 defeats. But what they have done is scored 11 more goals than us at home. Yes. Although we've conceded, yeah. although we've conceded eight less, but my my point is that you always know with Luton, you know, overall I think they've scored maybe seventeen more than us away, so the goal difference from us is about plus fourteen or fifteen or something, um, or, yeah. or plus ten, whatever. So, 14, know, 14, yeah, fourteen, yeah. Yeah, so they're a team that like to score goals, can score goals, so it really wasn't a surprise, I suppose you could say that they were going to come out and. And, and have a go and try and get back into the game and and you know both teams wanting to win it so it was good to see that um there was a period in the second half probably after about 65 70 minutes where actually it looked like both teams were starting to think maybe we'll just settle for the draw here mm. the game seemed to drift a little bit and you know i think the certainly the Millwall crowd was starting to get a bit edgy if Obi wasn't really working that hard he wasn't working the channels he wasn't keeping the defenders honest. He wasn't committing to the press. Uh, he was being very conservative with his energies, probably the politest way of putting it. Um, <laughs> it's very diplomatic. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there may be good reason for that. You know, maybe maybe even that's instruction. I don't know. There was a couple of times that him and Jed had words where, you know, balls were played down the channel and a phobie just didn't really fancy it, to be honest with you. Right, um, right. But, um, and he, he seemed to crop up in all sorts of weird places, but never in the right place until... In fairness to him, all credit to the moment it mattered, obviously, a little later on. Um, but I think the crowd was sort of itching for a change. I think Mill wanted Gary to make a change, get us back on the front foot. And I suspect most people were probably thinking a phobia would come off for maybe Ojo or Burke, uh, sorry, Tyler Bury. Just yeah, something yeah. to get us, give us a bit of zip and get us back on the front foot and try and take the game away from them. You know, and in fairness, I suppose with hindsight, Bradshaw probably was the right player to come off. He's still trying to regain his full match fitness so it probably was a logical change um and you know and all credit to uh a phobia it was a superb ball from jed over the top to burke i mean i know burke gets the assist for the goal but the, the ball from jeb was just magical he you know he played one a little bit earlier that didn't um, that didn't get the same didn't come result, off yeah but, yeah yeah but you know that to see that ball and to play it so accurately and to set him free and then in fairness to Burke, his pace took him away. You see him take a little look up and he plays a really nice ball across the edge of the you know, across the penalty area which a Phoebe side puts in. And, and as I say, Phoebe's missed those. We've seen plenty of those not hit the back of the net, but he put it away with great aplomb, really confident. And at that point you're thinking, you know, what are we now? Eighty two minutes or something? You know, we've got yeah, to see yeah. this home. Got to yeah. find you know, teams that teams that make the playoffs, teams that go on to you know, glory, they find a way to to, to get that into a, a win. And um, unfortunately for us, I think, you know, we conceded seven minutes after scoring the first goal and six minutes after the second goal. And that tells you something about probably our concentration levels, you know, in terms yeah. of, you know, staying focused and making the right choices in the game. 
Um, you know, and perhaps, you know, and even that might even come down to Gary. Maybe when we scored the second goal, maybe he should have immediately made a sub, slowed the game down, brought on, be it a Pierce or an Evans, taken maybe even at that stage a phobia off. But also it gives him chance to get a message on the pitch and get everybody's players completely focused. Yeah. In, on, you know, I think point, it's such a battle, yeah. it's easy to get lost in uh, in the fight. You know, maybe they just needed another hit, you know, more experienced head on there just to see him home for that seven or eight minutes. But there we go. That's that's kind of how it that's, plays out. And then, yeah, you know, fairness, they get they get a uh, they get a free kick, which possibly was dodgy because most of the ones they got were dodgy. And um, Snodgrass, who had the pleasure at half time of walking along the uh, touchline behind the goal, right across the Mill fans getting all sorts of abuse, which in fairness, he had a little chuckle at, but um, uh, he certainly, he certainly, uh, he certainly uh, took some stick. Um, he put a very good ball in the box. And I just thought looking yeah. back, we couldn't see it from our end, looking back, Cooper just seemed to get a bit too involved, perhaps in playing the man rather than the ball. You know, there was a lot of that going not... on yesterday. There, there is in football yeah. generally, but there was a lot yesterday. Blokes freaking nine foot tall just head the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's so involved yeah. in grappling with the player that that's how it ends up coming off his back because he's not really committed to winning the header. And I think that's a little bit disappointing. Anyway, overall, you know, I would say probably a fair result. Um, you'd like to think, having gone two one, having taken the lead twice at this stage of the season, you'd find a way. But then you've only got to look. I think it was a Coventry game yesterday. They scored in the 95th minute to snatch a draw in, in their game. So it's that stage of the season where nerves and everything come into play. And, you know, it was it was an entertaining game and we played a hell of a lot better than we did at Stoke. Yeah, which I think is the is the crucial point. I mean, um, Gary Rowett speaking after the, the game made the same point that you've just made feel about when you get to 86 minutes leading it 2-1, you've got to see the game out. Um, that's true. Um, that's 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 the way the cookie crumbles. Um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot we can take out of yesterday's game. I think we just... Tuesday night's fixture at home to Swansea now looks a season turner for me. I think we need a win. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, whether that's over-dramatising. It's still seven games to go. Um, but I think a win at home to Swansea is an essential if we are really going to stay in the mix through the bulk of April. Um, is, is that a fair comment for you, Phil, or, or could you a, a draw? Would, would would you would you take that? I suppose it depends on other results to some level. I think exactly that, Nick. I mean, look, the truth is, at the end of this week, there'll be five games left, which is only fifteen points. So if you're still yeah. six points adrift with fifteen to play for, it's Good still luck. on. But you are yeah. starting to really, really rely on other results. For me, I think this week, you know, if if we get four points out of these two games, then you'd like to think other teams are going to drop points. So that's got to maybe take us one or two points closer. If we get six, that would be, you know, that would that would be a real statement of intent. As much as as, as much as what the points does to the table, I think it's what it does to the players' confidence. Yeah, and momentum. You know, and yeah. the momentum yeah. and the confidence and, you know, and that confidence energy, as we saw in that run before Stoke, it can take players that are, you know, maybe 80% of their physical ability or whatever to 100%. You know, it can do all sorts of magical things. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think we've got to aim for six from the next two games. If we get four, it may well still be on. If other results go against us, you know, it could quite clearly be off. And I suppose the, the thing that really rests on my mind is that spell from late October, November to 
middle late January where I think we only got three wins maybe. Yeah, you when know, you I look mean, back that, at that period when we played it was costly, like, wasn't it? Peterborough. Yeah. Oh, very costly. Yeah. I mean, crikey, if we'd have just if we'd have just taken a few more, uh, some of those defeats were draws, or if we, you know, we certainly probably should have won at Peterborough. I don't think we should have lost at Blackpool. You know, there's, there's games there where there's probably a handful of, you know, four or five points that we could have had, which right now makes a huge difference. And I think if it if we fall short, it's going to be that period, the middle third of the season that cost us not the bit that we're in now that's for sure i'm just looking at a wonderful photo phil from a guy called en- enzo enzo as he's put on on uh on twitter with, uh, in the aftermath of um obviously after cooper's oh this must be a luton fan after cooper's own goal um he's he's, he's on his neck he's look he's looking like he's, he's laying down on um on the terracing just, I imagine this is a luton fan in joy of, of equalizing <laughs> It's, it's, it's like a contortionist. I don't know how he's finished up. I'm not broken his neck in his position, but anyway, hopefully he's still the guy well. that's on the orange seats. That's yeah, that's over. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how you get into that position, but we are at that stage yeah. of the season, listeners. It's business, business, business now, and um, every point will count as fair play to Enzo because he's um, hopefully still still alive. Um, just a few reactions. After yesterday's game, um, Richard Corley, Phil, says the gap to the playoffs is four points now for Mill and Borough have a game in hand. Forest have two fixtures in hand. Surely, Richard says, it means the Lions have got to win versus Swansea to keep their top six alive, uh, six hope, hopes alive. I think I agree personally with that. Um, but also, Stu Wall, um, he doesn't tweet much these days, says Stu. I'm not... Um, he's not too intense with, with getting into the playoffs. He says it would be great if we did, but it's, it's more about the involvement being amazing, um, which I think there's a fair point in that. But I think to get this close, Phil, you do want to stretch the season and the involvement as long as possible into April. I do think there's, um, you know, the, bu- the buzz is still there and I think we've got to do our best to, to get there having having come through this Rather strange season overall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm just looking at the the form table on the I think it's on the BBC website. And I mean, it's funny because we've had a really good period, and you sort of think, you know, we've this last couple of months has been excellent. But actually, when you look at the form table, I think it's uh, one win in five. Um, yeah, and three yeah, draws. Yeah. It was disastrous, the, but we got off the boil somewhat. And we yeah. yeah, that's six points out of fifteen when you know. Uh, at this stage, of this. maybe maybe we just peaked a little bit too soon, but there's still time. You know, we got uh, we got time, and um, I think we've learned a lot about Gary Rowett. Gary Rowett's learned quite a lot about the fan base having us back in the ground, um, yep. and I suspect he's learned an awful lot more about the players. And uh, you know, it's, it's teed up nicely for an end of you know. If you'd have said to me when I was uh, uh, miserable on the way home after the Blackpool defeat on the train <laughs> that we'd be in this position come seven or eight games of the season to go, I'd have said, "Well, look, can't ask for more than that, can you?" You know, a nice tight end of season. We're not paddling out, um, you know. So I would take that. Uh, I guess looking slightly further forward, it's all going to be about the summer. You know, can yeah, we? I think that's a- realistic. Can yeah. we find an Adebayo? Can we find a replacement for Jed who can bring that same? I mean, he's, I, I don't, I know everyone will have mixed views, but his energy and his work rate is just phenomenal. Anyone who questioned whether he wants to be at the club needs their head tested. He was just, you know, he just works so hard. It doesn't always come off, and he made plenty of mistakes yesterday, but that's why he's with us and not the top yeah. premiership side because he makes mistakes. But you can't fault how hard he tries. 
No, I agree with that. We're going to miss him, presuming it does work out the way we think it will work out. But um, still, still some football to be played. But we will miss him when he comes to move on because he just brings a touch of um, flair and intelligence and commitment, uh, which is the magic combination to our to our attack. And um, you don't always see that at championship level. I was on um, I was on one of the most pointless things you can do in this life, listeners, which is the championship predictor. I went through the whole season earlier on. Unless you start to really twist results to suit Millwall, it does look a bit like. Um, as I've put it here, we've gone from Shooter's Hill to Mont Blanc, trying to get up, up a slightly steeper mountain suddenly. But um, actually, it dawned on me after I was given the, the second version of all the end of season results. This is totally pointless. You just got to wait to see how it actually turns out <laughs> in real life. Um, huge, huge thank you to Phil for um, coming on the show Sunday morning. Really appreciate it, Phil. Well done for going yesterday, mate. It was, well, sounded like it was um, a bit of a mission at one point. Trains were up the creek, and um, I'm just reading here Kevin Fuller saying the big police presence up there as well, which I suppose is to be expected. Oh, don't get me started Luton. on that, Nick. I mean, to be honest, I I, um, uh, I went up with a friend who got the train up about 12 o'clock from London Bridge. Actually, yeah. it was fine. We were very lucky the train we got on went on time and uh, it was all good, which was perfect. We got off at St Albans and, um, and went and met some mates for a pint in St Albans and then came back right. on the train back on. Uh, okay. the, walk from, the walk from Luton Station to the ground was about 15 minutes, but when we came out, we were basically kettled uh, and walked back to the station and the walk back took close to an hour and a half as opposed to Bloody the 15 hell. minutes it took. It was a complete farce. And yeah. I mean, we all missed loads of trains. Anyway, it was very frustrating. But, um, you know, we got back and, uh, and and the trains actually were all fine. But it was just a massive overkill, to be honest with you. There was probably, I don't know, three, four hundred mil maybe trying to make their way back to the station. Instead of just allowing us all to disperse yeah. and go our own way, we were forced to march around the streets and they stopped us every kind of couple of hundred yards while they cleared the traffic or whatever. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a bit overkill, to be honest. Shocking. There we are. That's the way it is for Millwall. It's what we get used to, isn't it? Eh? Absolutely, mate. Big thank you, Phil. Um, good to have you back on the show again, mate. So soon. Yes, <laughs> we spoke yeah, last, last Friday, didn't I'm we? Ho- I'm hoping more people listen to this one than the last one, Nick. <laughs> do have a listen to that Lions Trust show, listeners. Um, do do listen to it all. 50-odd minutes of Lions Trust football government talk. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, a big thank you to Phil for coming on today. So until um, midweek, Tuesday night, Wednesday. When we'll be back Wednesday, listeners, with another edition of Apple Mill. Till then, thank you for listening. Arrivederci Mill. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Aston Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Arrivederci Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.